I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to cover the five-game Monday, March 7th, NHL slate of action. We have a lot of interesting news, notes, narrative to get to here on this five-game slate. Um, it's a bit more of a heavy uh, underdog at home type of slate, which is always interesting. And I think you can always derive a, a little bit of something out of that and, and talk yourself into some plus money bets that might be fun and, and might end up getting there. I mean, last week we saw... Uh, a Thursday night where two plus 300 teams won. We saw a weekend where multiple underdogs have, have pulled it out. And it's it's really hard to nail those down. You know what I mean? I mean, if you could have a magic eight ball and pull out all these, you know, underdog at home bets that are going to hit, uh, you would be a millionaire. But it is difficult to do. Um, but we're going to try to break it down as best as possible. And we're going to start with the Florida Panthers, which is the jersey I'm wearing, a very old original Florida Panthers jersey uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. Now, a few things that we're going to have to probably know before we feel really comfortable making a bet here. Number one is Florida called up Spencer Knight. Um, they're minus 280. It kind of sounds like he's going to start one of their next two games. He's been really, really bad in the NHL, and I don't think anyone that's going to be uh, overlooked here on this slate. Uh, that That is, you know, really tough to want to feel like ultra confident betting. Um, on a goalie but we don't know at this point it, it's just gonna have to be something we wait for and if you decide that you uh, you know if you wait too long though and you get Bobrovsky in net it might end up moving the line that's minus 280 right now on the road for the Panthers who are just absolutely world beating um they project to have the most goals on this slate again which is very unsurprising yeah I, it's hard for me to talk you in or out of it um if you want to bet the minus 280 I think that's justifiable the over under I'm not going to touch uh, just because, as, as I mentioned, I don't know who's going to be in net. <clears throat> the Sabres probably going to have Anderson. Tokarski started and played actually pretty well against LA on Sunday, but the Sabres are on it back to back. Yeah, I'm not touching the over under. I, I almost want to shade the under just because I don't expect a lot of goals out of Buffalo, but with Knight and potentially a net, yeah, that's going to hurt. Uh, the Sabres also seemed an injury to arguably their best player in Alex Tuck. Not sure. Uh, it looked pretty bad. He crashed into the net pretty hard, went out. They said uh, initial tests have been as positive as, as you could want. It, you know, might not be a long-term injury, we're hoping, but I don't know if he'll play here. It didn't look great. I did grab the, the Florida puck line at minus 110. You know, I grabbed it early. I went with it. I don't know what it's going to end up being. Um, I grabbed it, and then I saw Spencer Knight might be starting. So it's hard for, again, really, really hard to top this one too heavily. Um, but I do think that the one thing I'm 110% going to bet here is Samson Reinhardt to score. He returns to Buffalo. He's been awesome. That entire line, that third line for Florida. I mean, I know I've talked about it in the morning skate podcast as like, can you play the third line in Florida and feel good about it? And it's tough because you, know, you have a Toronto there right now who is awesome, a really good rate shooter, but doesn't get any power play run. Lindell is a guy that could go four zero. He could also score two goals like he did. Uh, against the Red Wings last time they played and just, you know, almost break the slate at 4,100 for you. The, the guy, you know, up for 30 DraftKings points, seven shots on net. That's very in the realm of possibility. But we look back to uh, the, the 22nd of February and he had zero shots, zero goals, zero assists and one block. I mean, that, that that's in the realm of possibility for him at any night uh, in a game that they're maybe trailing in. They get out that top line as much as possible. So maybe if you, if you think Florida's going to win handily, I don't think it's insane to take in DraftKings playing Lendell with Reinhardt. 
Um, <clears throat> Samson Reinhardt is 4,900 on DraftKings. He's been shooting a, a pretty good clip. Uh, long are, are the day, are long the past are the days of getting him at two shots on goal. I don't think we're going to see that anymore. Um, I do, like I said, I will be playing him to score here. And that's probably my favorite bet from this entire game because on top of the fact that Reinhardt has a good revenge narrative, he's also just been playing awesome and he's on the top power play. Uh, it's not maybe, you know, the, the, the lethal shooting spot on the power play where he's going to be firing as many as they can get him, but he's definitely very involved. They move the puck really well on that unit and anyone that gets an open look is going to shoot. So I do like Reinhardt here a good bit. Buffalo is up in the air. I mean, over the last 10, Jeff Skinner has been seventh in the NHL in expected goals. Uh, individual effective goals per 60. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that you can can do. Um, he's shooting enough. He's playing incredibly, incredibly well. Ton of goals. I mean, they, they got shot out on Sunday, but before Sunday, three goals in two games for him. I was at that wild game. He looked awesome. I think you could you could feel good about betting that or shots, but you don't have to, and I understand if you don't. Um, game number two, Toronto Maple Leafs at Columbus. Um you know, Columbus has really not been kind to me. I continue to watch them put 22 shots on net and score four goals every single night, which is not fantastic because uh, keep betting against them. Uh, I had the uh, puck line against them. They come, they score with one second or two seconds left to force overtime. Boston at least got the win for me, which I had as well. And the over um, in goals for Boston, but I'm going to keep kind of betting against them. Uh, I do think that this is a spot where you could, like play the puck line for Toronto and feel okay about it. Uh, I don't, I will not be touching that over seven um, or under seven. I, I just don't trust Columbus to score at this rate that they're currently scoring at. It's a team that clearly, like if you going up and down the roster, seeing guys like line a and Bjorkstrand and Jenner, those are finishers. Those are guys that have good enough shots that this can make some sense. They also have, I think I mentioned this before, but will not be playing at Adam both the guy that's shooting at 20%. Like, this team is just outscoring their expected by a, a wide margin. And eventually that's going to revert. Will it revert against Peter Morazic and the Toronto Maple Leafs? That is really hard to say. Uh, so I kind of feel like staying away from this game almost entirely because I don't feel comfortable about anything. Uh, I like Toronto. Am I going to bet the minus 220 on the road? No, it's not going to do it. I'd rather, rather not. Uh, am I going to bet Columbus plus 175? Well, all the math tells me not to. So don't really want to do that either. I really try to not make my numbers too upset with me. You know what I'm saying? So nah, it doesn't feel good there. A few notes on Toronto, um, things that maybe um, you could bet because things there's, there's a few things that are actually kind of interesting. Last game, they did have second line, Jason Robertson, not Jason. Oh my God. Nick Robertson, his brother, a brother of Jason, who's been playing awesome for Dallas, but um, Nick Robertson who scored a goal, didn't play a ton of minutes. Um, he was not on the second power play, but now should be. Uh, he played with Tavares and Nylander. But like I said, he only played 11 minutes of ice time. Didn't get any power play run in the last game. Should see second second unit run here, which use the first unit as much as possible. Rasmus Sandin didn't play last game, will not play this game as well. Kasha didn't play last game, will also not travel with the team, will not play this game. That leaves their defense, again, incredibly... Uh, naked. I don't really know what the right word would be. They, they don't have much. Brody did take the second power play over. So I think you could feel minorly better about him as a play at 3K, but he just doesn't shoot the puck. He, he's very rarely going to get you the blocks bonus, but it has happened. This isn't a team that gives a lot of defensive opportunities to get the block bonus because they just don't shoot a lot. So I do kind of feel like this is a bit of a stay away for me and DFS. 
Jason Robertson, or Nick, oh my God, I'm going to punch myself in the face. Nick Robertson is a very fringe play at minimum salary. He's with Tavares and Daylander. Can you do it? Absolutely. Does he profile to be a good rate shooter in NHL? Of course. He's only going to see 11 to 14 minutes of ice time, I feel like. Maybe if they get up big, he sees a little bit more. You know, last game, they were down to Vancouver, and they just didn't play him anymore. They played Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, Bunting, and Marner for a million minutes. Okay, so you could talk yourself into it. I think it's worth noting. Yeah, to, to score prop, I don't know if you're getting crazy. I don't know what it's going to be. If it's plus like 450, 500, maybe, but I'm not touching it at like 300 or less for sure. Um, so that would be Nick Robertson. But he's a good player, good prospect, someone, someone to keep an eye on for sure, especially if he's going to be in the top six for Toronto. Uh, on the Columbus side, yeah, they, they're not my favorite, as I already mentioned. Um, Line A has been shooting a ton. Bjorkstrand's been shooting a ton. I think you can touch their shot props and feel okay, but those are the only two. They just don't get a lot of shot opportunities. But Line A played 23 minutes. Lorensky played 30 minutes in his return. I think you can take a look, make a decision, but I'm not really going to get away from that. And I probably won't even touch Columbus in general. Just like don't trust them at all. Our next game is the LA Kings at the Boston Bruins. LA just came off a win over Buffalo on Sunday. They'll be going to Boston on a true back-to-back. Oh my God, who started the net for them? I literally meant to look that up. All right, hold on. So it should be, should be back to um, quick and net. Uh, Peterson started against Buffalo and got the shutout. Assuming we'll be back to Jonathan Quick in net for them. Quick gave up a quick three goal, a quick field goal in under a minute to Columbus last time he played. Not cool, but he did get the win. Uh, 20, 26 save win. You know, Columbus put up more shots than normal because they had overtime. <laughs> but either way, I think that's uh, not really much of anything to care about. Their role tenders are both pretty average at best. Boston, I really like her a lot. Uh, Weirdly enough, Marshan has actually been the guy with the really, really high expected goals. He hasn't scored in four games, but his expected goals are pretty high for a guy. Just He's not scoring. like He's underscoring his expectation by a lot. It is essentially what I'm saying over his last 10. There is that one two-goal game in the mix in his last 10. The rest hasn't scored in one of them. So he might be in a decent bounce-back spot. Um, he's obviously playing with Bergeron and DeBrusque. DeBrusque has been a huge recipient of the goals as of late. He's up to 3,600 on DraftKings. He's, you know, playing a little bit more than normal, but no power, no top power play run. That does hurt his upside a bit, but I do think this is the easiest spot to grab Bergeron and Marchand in a stack. Uh, Posternock 6,400 on DraftKings. I think you could just do it, uh, but I really like the Marchand-Bergeron stack a heck of a lot on DraftKings. I will definitely be overweight on Boston, uh, which I think is very much in play. Those guys in general in play in any capacity. I could get after the Boston puck line here um, at my, you know, minus 105 at plus 130, or just take Boston at one, a minus 190, or take your team total over two and a half, maybe three and a half. I don't know what it is right now uh, as far as the lines are going to be, but if it's two and a half anywhere near that minus 190, I think that's a safer bet. Um, just because the way that they probably end up losing this game is by giving up too many against because their goaltending has been pretty porous. I do think they'll continue to score uh, and they have been. So if you get them at three and a half or, or, or two and a half, uh, two and a half is going to be probably like minus you know, closer to 200 uh, while the three and a half will be closer to, you know, plus a hundred. I, I think it'll probably be minus, maybe minus 110. Um, <clears throat> I do think that they'll find a way to find goals here. And I like, yeah. So I like Boston here. 
I, I don't have a ton of interest in looking at LA, but I've been a huge fan of Victor Robertson just continuing to smash his goal prop. And it's been very good. Uh, I, I do like LA as a team in general on offense, but I'm not going to get crazy here. Uh, this Boston, I don't hate the over six as I'm kind of alluding to already, but you're going to probably need that Boston goaltending to continue to leak and it could, uh, but if it doesn't, you might not get there. It might just could be a four, one game that you know, if LA gets a couple early, this could be, you know, five, three, I think, I think those are pretty equally likely to happen depending on how the goaltending shows up. So I do shade the over six plus one Oh five, but that's, you know, I think a little bit more fringe than just taking Boston and saying that they do find a way to get the goals. And depending on what that line is, I think it could be a pretty sharp lean for what we do here in this game. Moving forward, Colorado at the Islanders, Colorado minus two ten. I do like it. Obviously. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Colorado. They're the best team in the league. They're playing the Islanders. I hate to say it. Islanders fans, you're not the best team in the league, but the Islanders did have a really, really impressive showing on Saturday, winning two to one over the blues. That was a game. I gladly happily and thankfully fully faded. Didn't even want to look at it. The line felt so good for St. Louis. I'm like, man, this is like, it's a trap. I'm not touching it. I, I have people DMing me like you're up. Are you playing this? I'm like, no, 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 no. Thanks. Uh, the blues changed up their lines quite a bit during the game. They kind of ran as much O'Reilly as possible with everyone they could get in with. And the Bozek line just sat on the bench. Um, yeah, so Barbashev was with Tarasenko and Bustamich at the end of the game. I don't know what they're going to do here. Oh, my God, I'm talking about the Blues and the Islanders. Holy crap. Back to the Islanders. Um, we'll worry about the Blues on, on Tuesday. I'm sure Cecil will have that covered. To the Islanders, the Islanders did not have Parcel. Um, he not play and he shouldn't probably play again against Colorado I do not like this team to score a lot of goals is Colorado a team that is uh, you know can give up goals sure but I do trust Kemper uh, he played against Calgary <clears throat> and I, you know I, I just want to like get a go over that game in general really quickly like I, I do feel like that was probably one of the funnest games that we've seen in the past maybe all season, like one of the better hockey games. If you, if you get another matchup like that, again, Calgary versus Colorado in the playoffs, I will be so happy. Uh, just want to touch on that. How fun that was. Colorado played their top guys for a million minutes. It was so much fun. The overtime, the finish, amazing, amazing game. I just want to touch on if you, if you, if you're someone who just bets on hockey and you're listening to this, I would really, really find time to tune in for a game like uh, Calgary, Colorado, Vegas, Colorado, or something. It, it is really starting to heat up out there um getting back on track after i just talked about the wrong team mckinnon ranton and burkowski they all played a ton of minutes together that line has been great landis gog is with kadri and Yertushkin, who was back in the lineup again they were great i do think you can go either way with these two lines and the way to get the salary um you know savings to get boston which is what i'm going to do is is kind of built right into those stacks so mckinnon if you include Borkowski for 4K, it works out really nicely. You know, the Islanders did play, like I said, they only give up one goal with Sorokin and Net. He might be back here again. He's been awesome for them, but I don't like this team defensively. They don't have uh they didn't they don't have Chara right now, which doesn't I, I think it probably helps them. Honestly, it probably makes it a little better, but either way, no thanks. Um, I'm pretty much fully fading the Islanders here. I have no interest in playing uh you know, any of these lines that kind of split the time evenly at five on five. And you're kind of hoping that Colorado takes a bunch of penalties, which 
I, I just don't really love that narrative here. You, you really are going to need that for the Nelson line to get it done. Nah. So I'm fully paying the Islanders here and focusing on Colorado, kind of picking between those two lines and rolling from there. McKinnon actually over the last 10 breaks out as the best as expected as individual expected goals. So yeah, I think you could do a goal prop here. I mean, the guy is shooting just as many shots on net as humanly possible. I know we talked about in the morning skate podcast, you know, a couple of times where like you can fade McKinnon and still get there because if he only gets 20 DraftKings points at like 9K, you might be able to get another guy in your lineup that outscores that 20 at 20 and, you know, including um, ranting in instead or something and, and cap, capitalizing on as much as you, you know, that big of a discount, that savings you're getting can actually benefit you. But on a smaller slate, I do think it's much more important to get the correlation um, and, and go from there. So I do think Ranton and McKinnon and Borkowski is your best line in this game, but I don't mind getting a little bit different, which we've seen ownership not really to support this too, too soundly, but the Kadri Landeskog is a good savings. And I don't mind doing it here with Bakar and rolling with that as well. So either or, uh, Nertushkin doesn't make it move too much for me as far as a as a piece with it, but I don't think it's egregious. Uh, he is a really talented forward um, as far as a defensive forward, really, and a, a guy that can you know kind of get in the corners and, and dig pucks out. So he could get that, that tertiary or the secondary assist, that tertiary that wouldn't count for you, and you could be totally fine. So those two lines are equally as good in my eyes. Um, I don't mind going to any of these guys for a goal prop. Uh, you know, Kadri and McKinnon probably get a bit of a bump in my eyes, but it should, uh, and they probably will as far as the odds are concerned. Ranting in, underscoring is expected by a decent, actually a real decent strong bit over the last 10. So he's going to give her a get right spot as well. And our final game of the night is the Battle of Alberta. It's the game that I'm most excited to tune into, and it's kind of an Ireland game. Uh, every other game starts at least two hours in advance until we get to the 9.30 Edmonton at Calgary game. Now, I do like Calgary here, and I do think that this is a, a spot where, you know, I would like to just jam them. They've been playing incredibly well. I already talked about just how great they have been. <sighs> but I don't know. Battle of Alberta. It just kind of makes me feel like this could go either way. I'm going to side with Calgary as a team I think will win. I'm not touching that puck line. I'm, I would take the over six and a half, if any, if anything here, because I don't like defensively or in net anything going on for Edmonton right now. Mike Smith is a question mark uh, as far as if he's going to go or not. So I expect to see Costin in that. I think that's probably a better thing for Edmonton. Um, they are running Hyman, Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Kane for as much minutes as physically possible. You can feel really good about any of those guys in your lineup. McDavid, McDavid's really expensive, so I do think that you can almost, again, consider kind of fading him out of the, of the mix to get some savings to get a better lineup baby put together with Boston and Colorado pieces and still capturing a ton of upside in Hyman and King. We're both on the power play. Um, you know, I, I talked about, I think, I think it's on the Morning Skate podcast about how Evander Kane had, like, what, five straight games with only three total shots on goal. Well, previous two after that talk, he's had 13 shots on goal, three goals back on track. So I do think you could just go like Hyman Kane, Dreisaitl here and feel pretty good about that. Dreisaitl definitely the guy they want shooting the puck on the power play when he has the opportunity. His shots have, you know, over the last two have dipped with Kane's going up. Could be a spot where they both get it right. Who knows? But they're playing Calgary, who is really, really good defensively. Um, they, 
are, I mean, the team that should win this game, the top line is absolutely going nuclear. Lindholm, the Chuck, and Gaudreau. I do think it could get a bit overlooked here. It's really, 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 really cheap on DraftKings. Don't know why. Um, and I think that you can, you know, 5,200, Matt, the Chuck is almost criminal in my eyes. I don't know how you don't play that. Um, I do think you should have lineups that include all three of them with how correlated they are. Toffoli would be kind of a fourth or fifth guy to include with Rathbus uh, um, Anderson if you wanted to go just all in on a five-game slate. But he is the top power play. <clears throat> and, but he's playing on the third line with Monaghan and Lucic. Doesn't really scream uh, great greatness. <laughs> but yeah, this game in general, I think it has, has a lot of firework potential. I do like the over six and a half, but it, it's, you're, you know, you're really going to be hoping that goaltending does not come through. Should be Markstrom versus Koskinen and Koskinen in net, which again, goaltending is terrible there really in my eyes, but you know, these are two teams that can definitely score. So I like the over if anything here, but more than anything else, I'm probably just going to take a goal prop and move on from this one. So going over my three favorite bets, the bets that I'm going to be placing, I did take the puck line in Florida. If Tuck doesn't play, I think that's a bigger loss for the Sabres than if Knight's even in net for Florida. Um, you know, I don't think Tuck's going to play personally, but it could happen. I think if there's any reason or suspicion that there's, you know, could make it worse, you just don't play them. And you're, the season's over for Buffalo. No chance. So I think Tuck coming out is a much bigger loss than anything Buffalo's going to gain by Knight coming in. He's played pretty well in the AHL. So that's, I do think Florida puck line minus 110 and Reinhardt to score. You could really take both. You could same game parlay this together if you'd like. And I think you could feel totally fine about it. Next one, Boston over three and a half goals uh, or two and a half. If you're feeling a little bit like you don't want to get that crazy. I like them a lot here in this spot. I think they'll score a lot um, against LA who, <clears throat> I mean, frankly, like LA needs to trade for defensemen. Uh, you know, I, I, after you get out of that top pairing and, and, you know, really a lot of kudos to Drew Dowdy who's been, just proving everyone wrong every chance he gets. You know, Mikey Anderson's played, played fine on the point, but Olimata, Jersey, and, and Bjorfoot, not, not really going to get it done in the playoffs, in my opinion. So I do think it's a good spot on a back-to-back, -back, versus back-to-back -back team for Boston to get some goals. <clears throat> and, yeah, I think Colorado puck line, too, is, is totally justifiable here. I think this is a, a good spot for them to get the win. And as I started the show, I talked about, would I pick, if I had to pick one home favorite, you know, if I had to get crazy, you know, I, I do think that if you wait it out, maybe taking the Columbus, if it gets to plus 200, might be the one, just hoping that Toronto continues to struggle in net. But overall, I don't really think any of them are incredibly strong. Um, you know, Buffalo, as I already mentioned, probably the worst of, of the bunch uh, against Florida. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that's just the way it's going to be here. So I think if you're going to do anything, Betting on Columbus is probably your best bet. If they can continue to outscore, they're expected, but my math is not to do it, so I'm not going to. <clears throat> so I think I covered everything for this Monday slate that could possibly be covered. Um, I also gave you a little bonus. Look at St. Louis a little bit early. I It's Sunday. Okay, let, let me have this one. <laughs> Enjoy your Monday slate. <clears throat> Send me any of your bets that you take. Uh, DM me. My voice is getting crazy right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking. Enjoy your Monday slate and we'll talk soon.